You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 43 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, we'll talk about reading with the tarot on health and wellness topics and which decks are great for those type of readings. I'll also review the Healing Tarot and the Sufi Tarot, which I've been using for my own health readings lately. And at the end of the episode, I'll share a custom spread for checking in with your body to assess your overall health and the root cause of any current ailments you suffer from. Over the past few decades, I've noticed how many people around the world have been flocking to healing professions, especially women. Personally, I think many of these healers are coming back to themselves after suffering from a severe witch wound where they were persecuted for being a witch or healer in past lives. But now, through our own healing, many of us are tapping back into that healer archetype and using our gifts proudly. This is one of the reasons I look to tarot as a healing tool, not just for emotional or spiritual healing, but also for physical healing, because I'm personally tapping back into my own past gifts related to both divination and healing. Much of the work I do now blends psychology and tarot to promote healing. So today we're going to be talking about health, tarot, and how we may be blending intuitive practices in the future when addressing our health. Only in recent modern times have women been given the opportunity to attend medical school, nursing school, and graduate programs to become licensed healers. If you think about it, it was almost unheard of before 1900. But now we're seeing a surge in women physicians, nurses, surgeons, nurse practitioners, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Of course, back in the day, women still did much of the healing, but it was behind closed doors, out of fear of persecution. Women are natural healers, so I imagine that this has been going on since the beginning of time. But now is a time that we can come back to ourselves, work on our own healing, and step into our gifts of healing powers. The way we view healers, healing, and the role of medicine has been changing over the past few hundred years. We all probably remember stories of the doctors in the 17 and 1800s who made house calls to visit all who were sick in the small communities where they lived. They knew their patients intimately and often interacted with them regularly in their community and followed them over the course of their entire lives. That kind of treatment is so rare these days. Presently, We sit in crowded waiting rooms, sometimes for hours, before we get to see the doctor for a short visit, usually lasting no more than 10 to 15 minutes. And we have a whole team of doctors that see us for many different specialties. So our health care can seem disjointed and quite impersonal these days. This is due to a business model rather than a healing model. Of course, this is based on the health care model in the United States where I'm located. 
I'm sure other countries have different models of healthcare, some of which are far better and some that may be worse. A business model for healthcare has many drawbacks because it primarily puts monetary gains over human lives or wellness, and it can leave patients feeling neglected and unheard much of the time. And these days, it seems doctors are overworked and always in a hurry, so they seem eager to prescribe medications for all ailments, rather than spend the time to educate their patients on the benefits of better nutrition, exercise, and self-care practices that can drastically improve mood, sleep, energy, and overall health. Some healers are sounding the alarm about this and are vowing to change how they interact with their patients and are attempting to find ways to incorporate more education about diet and nutrition. The key, I think, is to work on balancing the mind-body-spirit connection. When one area is weakened, we may experience changes in the other areas. That's why balance is so important. So our anxious and depressed thoughts can cause distress and manifest as physical symptoms that are often hard to trace back to the root cause because we tend to diagnose based on symptoms alone. But in reality, many things can create those symptoms. So we may end up treating the wrong condition, and then we may never feel better because we really aren't addressing the actual cause. The problem could also begin as pain, and due to living in chronic pain, you could end up depressed or anxious. And then you could be sent by your provider to see a psychologist to treat your mood but they may never trace it back to the origin of the condition that created the pain in the first place if they don't ask the right questions. This is why I try my best to follow a holistic approach to healing. I want to consider my whole being when assessing how I feel and how to bring myself back into balance. So I look at the mind-body-spirit connection when looking for the root cause and when determining how to treat the symptom I'm experiencing. I value modern medicine, so when determining how to approach the issue at hand, I prefer a mixture of modern medicine with a balanced diet, good nutrition, and energy work to keep myself balanced on all fronts. When prescription medicine can be offered to improve quality of life, I use that option. But sometimes it hasn't been the right fit for me. I've been in situations where medication was pushed upon me for things like anxiety and depression especially as a teenager. But none of these medications really worked for me to manage my mood. But everyone's different. Some people thrive when taking meds to manage their mood symptoms. That's why I think we have to consider the person and the circumstances. It has to be on a case-by-case basis. There is no one-size-fits-all approach here. For me, Reiki, tarot, and learning energetic shielding has helped the most with my anxiety. Those worked better because it turned out that the anxiety I was feeling wasn't wholly my own. Learning that I was an empath really helped me to realize that the medicine couldn't work if it didn't generate for me originally. And my energy healer picked this up right away when she was assessing me. But I really took notice of it during the pandemic. In isolation, I only had contact with my husband who happens to have no anxiety or depression. And my anxiety levels dropped 95% and have stayed at almost zero for a sustained period of time. We're talking years. 
and it was all because I wasn't close to anyone else's energy to absorb it. I felt great and actually thrived energetically and creatively for the first time in my life. There were still moments when the collective anxiety and angst would seep in. That was usually during big global events or periods of unrest around the world, but it was still noticeably different. Being an empath, you will still feel the collective energy even when you aren't in the room with anyone else. But shielding has really helped me with that. And I might not have understood why if I hadn't learned tarot and started to study crystals, Reiki, and chakra systems. That knowledge helped me to understand where my emotional stress was coming from so that I could target it from a different perspective. So in my case, medication was never going to make a dent on all the anxiety that I was absorbing. I had to figure out the root cause first, then make necessary lifestyle adjustments. I wish I'd known this about myself years ago, because I burned out quickly in my psychological practice, because I was automatically absorbing everybody's pain, trauma, and fear. On one level, I wasn't aware that I was absorbing it all. But on a conscious level, I did approach therapy with the mindset that my role was to heal everyone's pain. And I paid dearly for that mistake. I was an empath without any understanding of energetic boundaries or shielding at the time. And so I just took it all in. I finally realized during my spiritual awakening that I can't heal anyone other than myself. We have to each take ownership of that role. It's hard, but we must be the ones to take those steps. We give our power away in so many situations, but emotional healing is an area where we can't pass the buck on to someone else. And all that time in private practice, I had the mentality of needing to take away my client's pain. Through my spiritual awakening, I reframed how I see my purpose in this life. I see myself more as a teacher and a motivator now in the area of healing. I can teach others how to heal themselves. I can model healing practices. And I can even facilitate the healing process. But now I see there's way more empowerment when people take an active role in their own healing. That doesn't mean you have to heal alone. We can still work together to heal as a community. But each of us needs to do the work personally to address what needs to be processed and healed. Then, as a collective, we can support each other and celebrate our successes together. Having a mentor, counselor, or buddy can be key in this process. But the important thing to remember is that there are no shortcuts in healing. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it in the end. Learn the techniques, take the steps, and do the work of reflection, self-discovery, and shadow work. Then implement the insights gained from this work into your daily life. I truly believe that we're moving toward a new era of healthcare. I believe that we will start to see the integration of medical intuitives in medical practices, probably starting over the next 10 years. It will be gradual at first, so we won't see it take off for several more decades after that, but I do think we'll start to see it happen sparingly in the next several years. I envision the physician and the medical intuitive working side by side in the same office, with the physician taking a medical history 
and asking medical questions to assess for symptoms, while the medical intuitive assesses the energy and the chakra system of the patient. Then the intuitive would give their impressions to the physician to help narrow the focus down for diagnostic purposes. Medical intuitives can help to zero in on a handful of possibilities that the doctor can then run tests for. Generally, a physician has to consider hundreds of conditions that could be at play, and diagnosis can take years in some cases, because the list of ailments can be voluminous. But with the help of intuitives narrowing down the conditions to screen for, you could save money and time for the patient. And that means you can start the treatment course much faster and get the patient feeling better in a shorter period of time. It's a win-win. I kind of have a workaround for that now. My energy healer notifies me when my levels appear off to her, and I'll get my blood drawn to verify. So if she detects my thyroid or vitamin D levels falling off, I'll request blood work. And so far, she's been right every single time. Then with the evidence from the blood work, my physician can adjust my medication. Imagine if all of this was streamlined in the medical practices around the world. It would be a game changer. Even though that may be years away, for now, start to implement healing techniques and self-care into your life where you can to help restore balance to your body. It doesn't have to be complicated. Healing rituals can include something as simple as making an herbal tea and setting intentions. I've adopted a habit of infusing my nightly herbal tea with healing intentions and energy. This is a type of charging. I place my hands around the warm mug and channel positive healing thoughts and intentions into my tea for about a minute. And then when drinking the tea, I focus on ingesting the tea infused with the healing energy I just charged it with. If you do this, you're devoting a few minutes at that moment to healing yourself. The focus is all on you and improving your mind, body, and spirit. This mindfulness exercise helps you focus only on the moment at hand. Don't think about the past or future. Stay in that moment and set your intentions for good health. This sends the message to your body that it's important, that you are important. You can do this healing ritual with any beverage, whether it be tea, coffee, or any other drink. Here lately, I've replaced my coffee with a magical elixir called Magic Mind that consists of all natural ingredients that helps me stay productive and focused, and it reduces my stress through nootropics and adaptogens. It's great because there's no jitters, and it's a lot easier on my stomach than coffee. So I use this now as my healing ritual before I start work. As I sip on it, I imagine it giving me six to seven hours of sustained energy to help me tackle my biggest to-do items for the day, like writing on my novels and podcasting. This two-ounce elixir delivers every time. No more brain fog, and I've noticed that my creativity has been soaring recently. If you'd like to try this elixir for your own healing ritual, go to magicmind.co slash htt. You can use my code at checkout, HTT2O, that's all caps, to get 40% off your first subscription or 20% off your first one-time purchase. 
My 40% off code only lasts 10 days. So hurry to catch that deal. They also have a money back guarantee. So there's no risk. So try to implement one or two of these healing rituals into your day. I do one with Magic Mind before I start work, and I use my healing herbal tea before bed to wind down at night. Make yourself a priority for these few precious moments each day, and you will see and feel the difference. You can do this at the beginning of your day, the end of your day, or even both, if you desire. Let's shift gears and talk about recognizing health and mental health issues in the tarot. You've probably noticed that most tarot readers won't read on health. No one wants to be responsible for any decisions you make based on information that comes from a reading. That's because your health is just so important, and you don't want to make significant decisions based on something like divination. That's the same reason that I always include a disclaimer in the show notes of each podcast episode saying that information in this podcast is not a substitute for consulting a mental health care professional. But with all that said, you can always read on your health and wellness yourself to get information about what's going on in your body or to determine where you have an imbalance. I got into tarot to be able to check on my own health and to track my progress. When I think about tarot cards that represent healing or the need for healing, I think about the Four of Swords that suggests we need to take a break to rest and recuperate. The Ten of Wands that denotes burnout, depleted energy, and fatigue. And the Nine of Wands that can represent injury, battle fatigue, post-traumatic stress disorder, and trauma. Cards that warn of sickness could be Judgment for a wake-up call, Five of Pentacles for illness, or to ask for help, the tower for a sudden unexpected emergency, and the three of swords, especially where the heart is concerned. A reversed four of swords spells illness for me too. The nine of swords for me usually means migraines, insomnia, or anxiety, and the five of swords also represents migraines and headaches. If you're asking about your health, and the Hierophant card comes up. This could be advice to seek medical help, especially if it's in combination with the Judgment card or the Five of Pentacles. These card combos can mean a medical wake-up call and hospitalization. The Hierophant can represent hospitals, medical schools, and medical experts. And the Ace of Swords can represent surgery, cutting, vaccines, or shots. The Hermit card is ruled by Virgo and can represent issues with health. The Hermit can also represent depression or loneliness. One card that I pull a lot of when I'm reading about my own health is the Reverse Six of Pentacles, which usually tells me that I need more self-care in my life. I'm usually giving too much to others and neglecting myself when this card pops up. The Two of Pentacles also comes up for a work-life balance. So if you're burned out, you'll see this card pop up quite a bit. The reverse strength card can represent a weakness of some sort, either an energy, like fatigue, or lack of stamina. 
The reverse sun card can also mean a lack of energy or vitality, or it can mean a low vitamin D level. And lastly, the chariot card can represent health and fitness and can come up when your health is going in a positive direction or when you're starting a new workout routine. So those are my personal health associations with the tarot cards that I've learned or established for myself over the years. As you work with the cards, you may make your own associations based on your own unique health conditions. Journal and log your daily tarot pulls to start to notice the patterns in the messages that you're receiving. After a quick break, I'll review the Healing Tarot and the Sufi Tarot, and I'll share with you a nine-card health and wellness spread. Book two in my fictional divination book series, The Divining Sisters, has released. In this second installment of this series, titled We Divine Three, we learn more about the past incarnations of these soul-bound sisters, and we discover more about the faith that binds them as they piece together the clues that point to their shared destiny. This mystical and soul-stirring series focuses on reconnecting with past life gifts, sisterhood, empowerment through facing fears, and learning to step out of the shadows, which for these diviners comes from their love of the craft of divination, which is carried over for many lifetimes. In We Divine Three, we see the story from the perspective of all three sisters, giving us a glimpse into how their shared past from the witch trials weaves throughout their current incarnation through not only their gifts, but also their deepest fears. Readers are raving about the series, saying, This is the metaphysical series I've been waiting for. I was hooked from the beginning and even find myself slowing down because I just want it to last. I'm eagerly awaiting the next ones. I love this book. It's not just about tarot. It's about much, much more. I was quickly drawn into the story. The characters are so relatable, and the explanations of tarot readings, spiritual healing, and past lives are absolutely accurate. Inspirational and entertaining. Thank you for bringing us this new witchy series to fall in love with. You can find the ebook and paperback of The Call of the Cards, which is book one in the Divining Sister series, and We Divine Three, which is book two, on Amazon now. And the ebooks are also available on Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, Google Play, Kobo, Scribd, Smashwords, and more. Read the book blurbs and book quotes on author.heatherhardison.com. Start your magical healing journey with the Divining Sisters today and find your way back to yourself through their inspiring story. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads designed to guide you through the seasons of any year. It covers holidays, birthdays, 
full of new moons, Mercury retrogrades, seasonal spreads, year-end and year-ahead spreads, and eclipses with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse again and again year after year. This spread ebook is $10. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spreads, each with 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, body healing, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, family healing, self-care, and much, much more. These two volumes complement each other, but each can also stand alone. Volume 1 is $13, and Volume 2 is $14. You can find all of these spread ebooks on my website, HealingThroughTara.com, and I'm currently working on a new spread ebook that consists of 20 shadow work spreads coming out in the fall of 2022. This Healing Through Terror line of spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Healing Tarot, 78 Ways to Wellness, taps into the wisdom and lessons of the tarot to show us how to heal. And let me tell you, this is the deck I've been waiting for. This deck presents the tarot as a tool for holistic healing of the whole person by balancing the mind, body, and spirit. That aligns perfectly with my vision of the tarot as well and why I got into reading tarot in the first place. I told you earlier that I learned to read tarot to be able to read on my own health. I was healing from pancreatitis at the time, and I was so worried that it would come back. I just felt like I needed a way to constantly check in on my body and see how my healing journey was progressing. So I've searched for years for a tarot deck that frames the cards in a health perspective. I can't believe I never found this deck in all of my searches. But the universe always provides. Gino Lucina, the creator of the Healing Tarot, replied to one of my tweets one day about a Healing Deck episode I had done, and she asked if I would be reviewing this deck for an episode. I had never heard of it, but luckily she got Redfeather to send it over for me to review, and now I'm in love. This is the deck that I needed all along. In the guidebook, Juno explains that she pulls a lot from medical astrology and applies that to the tarot. She says that medical astrology relates the planets and zodiac signs to the parts of the body, diseases, and healing practices. And the nature of each planet and sign are applied to the associations as well, such as whether they are warming, cooling, drying, nurturing, erupting, etc. So each planet and sign rules symptoms consistent with the planet or sign's energy expression. This also comes into play when determining if a card is well-placed or poorly placed in a reading, which she says is vital to understanding how to interpret it. 
This is determined based on the card surrounding it. So you have to determine if a neighboring card represents a planet or sign that creates a favorable astrological combination with the card that you're interpreting. If it's favorable and the other surrounding cards are mostly positive and the elements within the cards are in alignment, then the card is well-placed or well-aspected. A card is poorly placed when it's surrounded by a majority of negative cards. Neighbors a card of a planet or sign that creates an unfavorable combination or surrounded by cards where the elements oppose one another. And don't worry, she gives plenty of examples. For instance, she gives these examples for positive astrological combinations. The sun with Aries or Leo, the moon with Cancer or Taurus, and Pluto with Scorpio. Negative astrological combinations include Uranus with Taurus or Leo, Neptune with Virgo, or Pluto with Taurus. The guidebook provides many examples. Elemental friendships and dignities are wands, which are fire, and swords, which are air, because they are both transmissive and masculine in nature. Cups, which are water, and pinnacles, which are earth, are also friendly because they are both receptive and feminine in nature. Wands and cups are opposite elements, and swords and pinnacles are also opposites. The deck is black and white because Juno says the goal is to return us to the basics so that we can understand the health and wellness messages of the cards. The images drawn by Monica Knighton intuitively reveal the healing message. Juno also says that you can use the guidebook with any tarot deck, so you also have that option if you have a favorite deck that you want to use for health readings. She gives very detailed descriptions of each of the major arcana cards, including their Kabbalistic associations astrological connections, psychological and archetypal insights, upright and reversed health meanings, and traditional interpretations. I'll give you an example of how she associates the major arcana with health concerns. The High Priestess rules all health issues pertaining to women, water, and transformation, like stomach and digestion, fluids of the body, tear ducts, and mucous membranes. For the court cards, she strips it down to address the traditional interpretations and the reverse health meanings. But what I love is the specific bodily imbalances listed with the upright cards. Here, she gives you focal points of particular health issues to zero in on. For instance, the focal point of the King of Swords are the kidneys. For the King of Wands, it's the head. And the Knight of Pentacles is the intestines. This level of specificity is so important when you need answers related to health concerns. Then for the minor arcana, we have traditional interpretations for key phrases, upright health meanings for both well-aspected and poorly-aspected cards, and reverse health meanings. This deck is dripping with insights to the inner workings of your body. I love how the guidebook walks us through the lessons of health, diet, fitness, and wellness for each card. The creator puts an emphasis on bringing us back into balance by aligning our mind, body, and spirit through health and wellness readings with these cards. She also includes the following spreads for health and healing in this guidebook. The acute illness spread, 
the healthy zodiac spread, and a diet fitness spread. Like I said, this is the health deck for me. I even used the guidebook to figure out what my stalker cards have been trying to warn me about for years, and I flip through this book on a daily basis and see where it lands to find out my messages for my health that day. This guidebook is so helpful for checking in on my healing process and finding ways to give my body what it needs to heal and achieve balance. This deck is a gem, and I'm so thankful that the universe nudged Juno that day to reply to my tweet. Thanks, Juno, for reaching out, and thanks to Redfeather for sending this deck over to me to review. The creator of the Sufi tarot, Aida Hussein, sent over her beautiful new tarot deck for me to review and share it with you. It's published by Hay House, and there's a link in the show notes of this episode for this deck. Aida is a longtime journalist specializing in Sufi meditation, chanting, and philosophy, with a special emphasis on Rumi's poetry as a means of healing and evolving. She channels much of that wisdom and experience into this deck and insightful guidebook. She describes this as an East meets West deck, and she sees it like I do, as a tool for self-reflection, healing, and transformation. But she comes to the tarot practice from a unique perspective that merges traditional tarot archetypes with ancient Sufi practices. This beautiful deck is so healing because it focuses on alignment of the mind, body, and spirit, which we've been focusing on today. The cards are stripped back to their truest essence, and the light and movement in this deck create change and transformation just by visually taking in the essence of the imagery. The guidebook is full of Sufi wisdom with quotes from Rumi that aid the healing process. And this deck creatively re-envisions the cards through a Sufi lens and shares the potency of its ancient teachings and healing practices. In the guidebook, she talks about the power of the card images that serves to push us to discover deeper realms of our own being. I just love how she frames that because it's exactly how I've always experienced the practice of the tarot for myself. That's why I find it so healing, because I learned so much about myself in the process. And it really serves to pull the wisdom from my inner sage. That inner wisdom and the mystical truths that reside within just seem to flow to the surface when I read. And I learn something new every time I sling cards. So her approach to the tarot aligns perfectly with mine. This deck is very evocative, despite having simplistic imagery. Instead, there's a focus on the power of the colors in the cards and the symbolism that convey the wise messages associated with that card. The movement within the imagery is powerful, and the focus on the healing nature of the elements shines through because the cards aren't cluttered like some of the other decks are. This may be the most stripped-back deck I've ever worked with, and I think that's what makes it stand out as a healing deck because it allows the symbolism in the card to evoke the healing needed at the moment that you're working with the cards. You don't have to guess what the cards mean at that moment. It feels very clear and to the point when I read with it. The perspective of some of the cards really drew me in. I stopped cold when I was flipping through the deck and got to the hangman. The image was so immersive 
that I felt like I was hanging from the tree with him. The Eight of Swords was the same way. We're brought in close to her face in the image and see the distress and frustration of being trapped. Working with this deck is an immersive experience that facilitates the mastery of the cards because you're tapped into the emotions and struggles of the cards. It helps you work your way through the tarot lessons by inserting yourself into the visceral experience. I'm highly impressed with this deck and even more impressed with the guidebook. Each card asks you several questions to ponder as you work out the meaning for yourself. And there's an affirmation to help you connect with that energy and the card's lesson. The majors have been reimagined and given alternate names based on their origins. For instance, the magician in the deck is the alchemist, transforming and transmuting that which can be seen. The guidebook tells us he's a powerful manifester who can affect change by manifesting on the physical plane. He has mastered the Sufi practices of meditation, mindfulness, gratitude, and surrender, which enable him to take ideas of the ethereal plane and crystallize them into this reality. When pulling this card, you're being led to the abilities and resources that you must access and connect with in order to succeed. It's alerting you to the potential of your creative energy and your ability to heal yourself and actualize your dreams. She gives us these questions to contemplate with this card. What is my relationship with power? What am I trying to manifest? And what is holding me back? And the affirmation associated with the magician card says, I make, mold, and build my own reality. Through the cards, we learn how to identify why we attract and repeat unhealthy patterns and learn how to achieve the balance between our mind, body, and spirit, and a balance between the light and shadow within ourselves. By reimagining the major arcana with a Sufi perspective and stripping the cards back to their essence, you can focus on answering the big questions in life, like what is our purpose and what are we here to learn and teach? This deck invites you on a journey of self-discovery and a healing transformation. I think it's a perfect deck for healing the mind, body, and spirit, and that's why I included it in this episode. Coming back into a balance between all aspects of ourselves helps our body to heal and helps our wellness to return. Check out the blog for this episode to see the images from this deck because they are gorgeous and powerful. The swords and staffs are my favorite suits in this deck. So powerful to work with when healing. Check out the Sufi Tarot from Hay House. And thanks to Aida for sending this deck over. I'm so happy to add this to my healing deck collection. The Breath of Gold Oracle by Adrian Riviera is a gorgeous deck that helps us each connect to our breath every day. These cards focus on what to breathe in and help us stay grounded, aligned, confident in our power, and in flow with the universe. This deck offers guidance and channeled messages for each card. I pull a card every week to see what I need to breathe in to help me stay aligned and connected at the soul level. I'm an affiliate partner for this beautiful deck, so you can purchase this deck through my affiliate link which you can find in my bio link in my Insta bio on Instagram 
and there's a link in the show notes for this deck. One of the other decks that really helped me when I was healing from pancreatitis was the Health and Law of Attraction cards. This is more of an affirmation deck because there's no guidebook or structure to the deck. There's just an image and a statement on the cards. But what I did was shuffle the deck at the beginning of the month, and then I pulled one card daily in order of the paw that I had shuffled. I read the card several times a day and displayed the card for that day, taking time throughout the day to let that message sink in. This deck helped me build up the confidence that my body had the tools it needed to heal and return back to a healthy balance. I will now share with you the nine-card health and wellness spread I created to help us tap into our body for clues to our current symptoms and imbalances and how to help our body restore balance. Here are those prompts. Where am I out of balance? The root cause of the issue. How am I worsening the situation? Message from my body. What does my body need to heal? How to nurture my body. How to rebalance my system. How to maintain a healthy balance. And how will I feel if I heal this issue? If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find this spread on my blog on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. And I've posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Tarot accounts on Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. I'd love to see the photo of your wellness spreads. Please tag me on Instagram at Healing Through Tarot and please use the hashtag HTT Wellness Spread. If you're looking for more health spreads, I've got two Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks called Health and Mental Health Spreads. Each spread book has 15 spreads on topics such as relaxation, restoring balance, a body healing spread, managing anxiety and depression, an energy spread, a self-care spread, plus many more. You can find those and my entire Healing Through Terror spread ebook line on healingthroughterror.com. A link for these spread ebooks is in the show notes and on my blog, along with links for all the decks discussed in this episode. In the next episode, I'll discuss embracing our shadow and I'll review the Shadowland Tarot and Lenormand decks. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow card readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on healingthroughtarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.